gospel was just presented. Want me to bring? <laughs> All I can do is add a few words, but they're mighty words. I'm thankful to see y'all this morning. We're glad that you're here. Got visitors, got family in, so I'm delighted for the opportunity and the privilege of being able to share the gospel with you. So if you've got your Bibles, and I pray everybody's got their Bible, turn to the book of John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Uh, I'll try not to be too long-winded. But once you get there, go ahead and stand, and we'll read our text. Have a word of prayer, and we'll get into the message. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 1, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. And then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. And Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher so that they both ran together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. And then come a Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was above his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the, that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again into their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabbani, which is to say master. And Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, as we come 
with grateful hearts to your sanctuary today, Lord, to celebrate your powerful resurrection. Father, thank you for the victory you've given all who have received you, Lord, over death, hell, and the grave. And Father, we thank you for your sacrifice. But most of all, Lord, thank you for loving us and paying the penalty for our sins. Father, we ask that you speak to hearts this morning as we celebrate your resurrection. We're thankful for everyone gathered here in this place this morning, our membership and to our guests. We thank you, Lord, that they're here. And I just pray, Lord, you'll speak to hearts. And if there's one today that doesn't know you, that is my prayer. I can't think of a better day for someone to get saved than on your mighty resurrection day that we celebrate. So give me the words to say. Let me preach with boldness and authority your truth. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. He's alive. I can tell you firsthand, his tomb is empty. I've seen it with my own eyes. In fact, I've seen it three times. And you know what? Every time I go over there, it's still empty. Because he arose. And let me say, I do not serve some dead Savior. I don't serve some idol. I serve the living God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the Savior, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, the Lord. That's who I serve. You know why I serve him? Because he's alive. He's not like these others. Oh, there's been many come and make claims, but guess what? When they died, they remained in the grave. But Jesus Christ said, destroy this temple And in three days, I'll raise it up. And of course, everybody, especially the religious elites of that day, oh, they said, oh, look at how he's blaspheming. Look at how it's impossible. There's no way he can raise the temple in three days. Well, he wasn't talking about the literal building. He was talking about his body. And praise God, when he rose... Out of that tomb on the third day, he proved he was who he said he was. And he proved that when people place their trust and their faith in him, because he lives, they'll live also. Beloved, that ought to light you shucks. You ought to be excited this morning. If you are a born-again child of God... Knowing because of what Christ did for us, we don't have to worry about about death any longer. He defeated death. I was thinking, you know, I'm thankful. We once a year as Christians get to celebrate his birth. And there, I'm thankful for that. Don't get me wrong. And I'm thankful he was born of a virgin. That way he could pay sin's penalty as the perfect 
sacrifice to atone for our sins that God would accept, and I'm very thankful for that. But I want you to understand something. Had he not rose from the dead on the third day, he could have been born a thousand times. He could have died a thousand times. Had he not rose from the dead, there would be no salvation. There would be no eternal life. Paul asked the Corinthian church, why is it some of you don't believe in the resurrection? You mean there were doubters? Absolutely. Listen, we read the story of Mary Magdalene headed to the tomb. Listen, on that day, she doubted. Why would she go to the tomb if she believed he was going to rise from the dead? No, she doubted. But she did it because she was a committed servant. She loved Jesus. You see, Jesus had delivered her from bondage. The Bible says that there was seven devils in her and he had cast them out. And she loved Jesus and was committed to Jesus. And even though she thought in his mind that he was dead, laying in the tomb, she was devoted to him and was going to go and anoint his body for burying. That's why she was up early that morning. But she was committed Boy, I wish we had committed people like Mary. Devoted like Mary. Amen. What could our church do if we were devoted and committed like Mary? But Brother John, you're contradicting yourself. I mean, she didn't believe. Oh, I think that's why the story's here in John. Because the Lord sent a couple angels there to say, hey, Mary, who are you seeking? Why are you weeping? He ain't dead. He's not here. He's risen. Aren't you thankful he's alive? Amen. Amen. But again, understand, she's heading there. And of course, you read the four Gospels and each one. Pretty much, it's the same story, but the writers of those Gospels have a different way of presenting. But here's the thing. Whether it's John, or it's Matthew, or it's Mark, or it's Luke, Brother Ciro, they all tell the same thing. He is alive. Now, Mary committed. And we read in that passage there over there in John 20, there was three people that day headed to the tomb. And by the way, it was the first day of the week. That's why we worship the Lord on Sunday and not Saturday. He rose on Sunday. But she ran. And told Simon Peter and John that 
Somebody had taken the body. And then we come to Simon Peter. We talked about how committed Mary was because the Lord did for her what no other could do for her. Can you attest that God has done for us what no other could do for us? But now here is Peter. He pictures someone under conviction. Have you ever been under conviction before? Oh, my Lord, any time I mess up, I'm convicted. Amen. You ever get caught doing something you weren't supposed to do by your parents? Did you like that feeling? I never did like that feeling, but that's kind of like conviction. And by the way, our Heavenly Father sees everything we do. But here is Peter, and, and you know, at one time, you know, he was in the... He was in the inner circle with the Lord. And it was Jesus that called Peter and Andrew first. And remember, Peter attested, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. It was Peter that made that statement. You say, well, man, he was a man of faith. He sure was. He had even told the Lord, Lord, no matter what all this other bunch does, you can count on me. I know I'm paraphrasing, but you can count on me. I'm with you to the death. And as soon as the Lord was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter jumped ship. And the Bible says that he followed Jesus afar off, and he warmed himself by the enemy fire. And the Bible says he denied him three times, And said, I don't know the man. And the Bible even says that he cursed. And now here's Peter running to the tomb. After Mary saying, they've taken the Lord's body. And I can't help but think. I knew Peter had... To feel terrible. Because he had denied the very one that had saved him. And I believe with all my heart, when he ran to the tomb, he was saying within himself, do I know his mind and his heart? No, only God does. But I believe that Peter had the idea, oh, if I can just be forgiven. If I can just get to Jesus and ask him to forgive me one more time, things will be okay. Aren't you glad the Lord forgives? Have we ever messed up? Some of us like to say, well, I didn't mess up like Peter. How many times have you doubted your faith? Yeah, how many doubters we got in the house this morning? I guarantee you there's a whole world full of doubters this morning. Oh, I don't believe any man can conquer death. Well, Jesus ain't any man. He's God. And there's nothing impossible for God. Listen, how many times, this is what I don't get. They saw the miracles. They saw him literally raise the dead. But they couldn't quite understand that he 
would rise one day. They doubted that he had the power. What did he say? No man takes my life, I freely give it. No one has the power to take my life. Listen, yes, he was condemned by Pilate. Yes, it was the Jews that lied about him and wanted him out of the picture and cried, crucify him. But listen to me, he died out of love for you and me. He freely gave his life. They didn't take it. He said, if you take it, I'll raise it up on the third day. And he did. So here is a picture of Peter. He's running to see. Again, I believe he was convicted on his way to the tomb. Because he had failed the Lord. And again, let me just say, all of us from time to time fell the Lord. But God loves you and I, and he is a God of grace and mercy. Now, the Bible says there what we read, that there was a third person headed toward the tomb. And that was the one that Jesus loved. Now, understand, Jesus loves all of us the same. But John had a special relationship with Christ because of his devotion to Christ. You see, John, when you read about him in the Bible, you see him laying his head on the breast of the Lord in the upper room. You see him at Calvary when Jesus is being crucified for the sins of the world. He's there. Where were the other ones? They were gone, hiding in fear. But John was totally devoted to the Lord. He was a very compassionate servant. How compassionate are you when it comes to serving God? Do you love your brothers and your sisters? Do you love one another? Because the one thing I'll say about John, He loved Jesus. And he's running to the tomb. And he gets there a little quicker than Peter does. And he waits and allows Peter to go in first. What does Peter see? An empty tomb. There's no one there, there's not a body. All he saw was grave clothes and the head garment wrapped and setting aside to itself. Understand, there's something very significant about that. You see, had somebody robbed the grave and taken Jesus, believe me, they would not have taken the time to unwrap all of those bed clothes. Uh, death what do you call them thank you thank you Lori Ange my wife has to help me sometimes I may sit down and let her preach the rest of this (laughs) no I'm teasing y'all y'all run me out on a rail no listen they would have not taken the time to unwrap they wouldn't have folded the head napkin why 
Because if they had taken the body, they'd have just grabbed it and ran off. Understand also, Jesus, those clothes were there as proof and evidence that he just came out of those grave clothes. Amen. And there's a custom, ancient custom, and y'all probably know what it is. Back then, if you're eating and you're at the table, you had a napkin. That's right, Sister Coco. Had a napkin. And if you were done, you wadded it up, threw it on the plate, and that meant, well, he's done. But if you folded it and left it at the table, it was a sign you weren't done yet, but that you were coming back. He was done dying and atoning for our sins. But he had to go and offer that sacrifice that he made to God the Father for the atonement of our sins. But he was coming back. And beloved, he's coming again. Amen. That we know. So, he looks in. John looks in. Again, the evidence that Jesus isn't there is threefold. One, the stone was rolled away. You say, well, they rolled the stone away to let Jesus out. No, they rolled the stone away to let man in to see that he had risen from the dead. And by the way, those stones, once they're set in them grooves, they are sealed. Okay? Believe me, Mary and all of the disciples couldn't have moved that stone. But it was rolled away. You say, well, who rolled it away? The angels. The angels rolled it away. But again, not to let him out, but to let people in to see he was alive. Again, there's those grave clothes we just talked about as evidence. And then there were those two angels that Mary saw in the place where the Lord laid. You see, I've often thought, that must have been something. The angels come after 2,000 years, the promised Messiah would come in, do exactly what he said he would do, die to atone for our sins. They would bury him in a borrowed tomb. But he left the glory of heaven. And now... The angel of the Lord is sent, and the Lord has risen, has risen from the dead. Excuse my English. Risen from the dead. And don't you think the angels must have rejoiced? Finally, he is coming back home. Because he is home right now. He's in heaven, making intercession, sitting at the right hand. Of the Father. But the angels are there to testify to Mary. Mary, why are you weeping? He ain't here. He's risen. Just as he said he would. So there's evidence. And of course, if you don't want to believe these accounts, read 1 Corinthians 15. There's many witnesses, including 
the Apostle Paul. Do you think any of them would make up a story and it would be a hoax? And that they would be willing to die because of that hoax? Because every one of the apostles that was witness to his resurrection, do you know they died? Why? They didn't die for a lie. They died for the sake of the gospel. To be a witness and a testimony to a lost and dying world. Now, notice what it says here. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and saith two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she said, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Now, I have never seen Jesus with my physical eye. Never seen him. But I have seen him through the eye of faith. I have seen him through the written pages of his holy word. And one of these days, you and I that have been redeemed will truly see him as he is. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for that day. Since Pops passed away, I thought, my goodness, I am jealous. He has laid his eyes upon the Savior. He has finally seen his Savior. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm marking the days off the calendar. You say, well, don't hope yourself. Listen, you can't scare me with heaven. The sooner the better. Amen. Now, it says that she didn't know it was Jesus standing there. But then he spoke. Mary. She had heard that voice before. Has Jesus spoken to you this morning? Do you know his voice this morning? I tell you what, there's nothing sweeter. I have heard him speak to my heart through his word. No, I'm not crazy. I never heard him audibly. I will, though, one day when we're in glory with him. No, I won't go there. I'll get in trouble. I have <laughs> I've heard people say, oh, Jesus talks to me every day. Well, yeah, I believe that. As long as you're in the Word, He'll speak to you. How else does He speak to us? Through His Word. But He doesn't speak to you audibly. You say, well, you can't say that. He, me and Him, we got a special... I don't care how special, you got it. He don't speak to you audibly. 
That's just your imagination. But he will speak to you in the pages of his book. And believe me, when he speaks, you know his voice, don't you? Don't you? Oh, yeah. He spoke to me a long time ago. You're a sinner. You're separated from your heavenly father because you're a sinner. And unless you have my righteousness, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And thank God he spoke to my heart through conviction. But I knew his voice. And he did for me and you what nobody else could ever do for us. Amen. And then notice what it says. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I'll take him away. Hey, if you know where he's at, tell me. I'll go and get him. I'll move him. Just tell me where he's at. And Jesus said unto her, Mary, he called her by name. Has he called you by name? You see, once he calls, you know. But does he know your name? You see, yes, we're his creation. Yes, he knows us better than we know ourselves. But listen to me. Has he called your name though? And better than that is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. It says, Mary says, Rabbi, which is to say master. And Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascended to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. You see, the bottom line is this. This is what Jesus is telling Mary to tell the apostles. He's saying, you go to them and you tell them that I go to my Father. And to my God. And your Father. And your God. What he is saying, and I love this particular portion of scripture, is simply this. Because of what he did on Calvary. Because of shedding his blood to atone and redeem us. Because on the third day he came out of that tomb you and I can now be reconciled and adopted into the family of God. We have direct access. We belong to Him. Those that have been redeemed. He is our God. He is our Father. And we are adopted heirs through the blood and righteousness of Christ. Oh, my goodness. I pinched myself. I used to be scared to death to lay my head on a pillow at night. 
I was afraid I might draw my last breath. Might not wake up. The reason I was afraid of death was because I didn't know Jesus. And it used to be a problem. I I would lay there at night. Oh, I would finally fall asleep, but hours would pass by. I tried the counting sheep and all of that stuff. Warm milk didn't work because literally I had a fear of dying. You know why? Because I wasn't right with God. I was lost and undone. You say, did you believe there was a God as a lost man? Listen, I can honestly say, you're looking at a person that's never been an atheist one day in his life. You say, but how do you know? Look around at creation itself, y'all. Anybody with any common sense would know there's got to be a creator. This didn't just boom and evolve and take place. There is a God. But let me tell you something. After I met the Savior and he saved me, I have been able to lay my head on a pillow and never give it a second thought. If I die, praise God, I know where I'm going. If he gives me another day to serve him, praise God, I'm going to serve him. But I don't fear death. And because Jesus lives and because of his sacrifice and his resurrection, you and I don't have to fear death either. Ever again. I'll close with this. Three people went to an empty tomb. And yes, they were human. They had their doubts. But Jesus proved he was who he claimed to be. And understand, it's true. His power and victory over death that you and I don't have to fear eternity anymore. Death. Don't have to fear it. We embrace it. He gives eternal life. And through his resurrection, those that place simple childlike faith and trust in him will spend eternity with him. One other thing, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Beloved, if I don't like your shucks, your shucks are wet. Amen? Right now, he's preparing a place for all of us. And sinner friend, listen to me. He's preparing a place for you too. If you'll just call upon him. Please, if you're not saved, 
trust the Lord for salvation right here and right now. If you are saved, you are to thank God for what you have. If you're saved and maybe you've drifted a little bit and it happens, Peter will tell you that. You know what? The Lord is right where you left him. He didn't leave you, you left him. Go back. I assure you he'll welcome you with open arms. He forgives. Not like the average Baptist. Amen? We get mad and we hold a grudge. Not Jesus. Although, if ever was someone that had a right, it was our Savior. Children of Israel, how many times? Over and over again. And he'd tell them, listen, if you do this, expect this. And they would do it. And did the Lord keep his word? Yeah. But he's so long-suffering. The word of God says he's not willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. So as we get ready for an invitation, we're here today to celebrate his resurrection. We're here today to worship him because he's alive. And he's the only one that's worth worshiping. So I pray you'll allow the Lord to speak to your heart.